Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about empowering great CX in organizations and what it takes from leaders and employees to do so. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Mark Slayton, CEO of Empowered CX and host of the Delighted Customers podcast. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Greg. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking about. I know you and I chat a bit here, so uh, but glad that we can uh, record this and and share our conversation with with others. So why why don't we get started by uh, you giving a little background on yourself and what you're currently doing? Yep. So my background is 25 years or so in sales and sales management in the Fortune 500, and then after that, six years in management consulting. And fast forward nine years in financial services where I worked at a bank that included insurance, wealth, retail, and commercial banking, and a mortgage division. And that was in the DC metropolitan area. And I went back into consulting about a year ago with my firm Empowered CX. And the purpose of the firm is to empower leaders to turn indifferent customers into loyal fans. I also host the Delighted Customers podcast, as you mentioned, and I serve on the board of directors of the Customer Experience Professionals Association, and I am a certified customer experience professional. Nice, nice. Um, keep them busy there. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. So let's uh, let's dive in here. And the first thing I wanted to talk about with you is how leaders can empower greater customer experience within their organizations. So from your, from your perspective, and you talk with a lot of, a lot of leaders in this area, what are leaders missing when it comes to their priorities and their investments um, for improvements to the customer experience? Yeah, I think Greg Bain did a study a while back and they surveyed over 300 companies and CEOs, 80% of them, felt that their organization delivered a superior customer experience, but only 8% of their customers agreed. Mm. And, and, you know, so there's, they call that the, the delivery gap. I call it the experience gap um, because it's a gap between what leadership believes their customers are experiencing and what's actually happening. And I think a lot of times traditional financial metrics can be misleading you you look at revenue or you look at income there's a lot of things that go into that soup but just because you had year over year revenue increases does not mean you have a strong customer base yeah. and so like the more recently the XM institute conducted a study across all industries and net promoter score 
is down double digits since 2018 across all industries. So I know, I know we're probably going to dive into this a little bit deeper later on, but that means that there's an experience gap. And, and now with less staff, with greater silos between departments, with burned out employees, that gap can and will and is growing larger. And I, quite frankly, customer experience needs to be embedded into the culture rather than bolted on like another project. And that means creating what Fred Reicheld, uh, the, the inventor of NPS, Net Promoter Score, calls a miracle wheel in his book, Winning on Purpose. And that's moving toward maturity and embedding CX into the way an organization thinks and acts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the acts part there just to kind of build on that the the acts part there is is pretty key and you know i think um leaders as you're as you're saying there there's a gap between perception and reality and there's a gap and there's there's certainly been some changes over the last couple of years so lot, lots of stuff in in flux and so like what are the what are the successful traits of leaders that can balance there's competing priorities which again kind of bring goes back to that what they actually do you know you can say customers number one but what do you actually prioritize and do what are successful traits of leaders that are able to actually balance those things and you know balance great cx and a focus on cx with other you know business priorities that are also necessary yeah i mean i'm glad you brought that up because let's face it there are competing priorities I worked at, at a bank that acquired two different firms, different banks that were pretty large uh, relative to the size of our bank at the time. And that becomes a priority. That integration of the two organizations, both financially, culturally, every other way is going to be key to the success of the outcome of the, the new company. And I think the idea is to move toward a systematic way of creating value for the most valuable customers. So one thing I've learned in the last few years is that it's not trying to serve all customers equally, but it's understanding who first your most valuable customers are, and then what is it that they desire most that would create the most value for them. And it, it means that the CX strategy should be at the core of all corporate strategy. Like Jeff Bezos said, the number one thing that made us successful, that's Amazon, of course, by far is an obsessive compulsive focus on the customer. And that means developing a set of CX core competencies. So when we talked earlier about the miracle wheel that Fred talks about, I like to use the CXPA five core competencies, which are customer insights and understanding, CX strategy, design insights and implementation, metrics, measurements, and value, and leadership and accountability. Yeah. So, yeah, and to build on that as well as to kind of go back to what you were talking about at the beginning as far as measurements go, how do you balance the the measure so there's a the prioritization aspect that we talked about a little bit and then there's the measuring in the right way, right? So meaningful measurements would be certainly, we want to make sure that we are measuring the customer experience. We also obviously need to measure business KPIs. How do you balance, how do leaders balance those two and and not come away with the wrong correlation, causation and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I think sometimes we could think of them as mutually exclusive. 
and I think a better way to think of them is is three concentric circles, like the the X data, which of course is the experience data, which would include things like customer sentiment, the O data, which is the operational data, the KPIs that have to do with you know activity and and what's transactions or what's actually happened, and then the financial, the F data, which is okay, what's profitable for us, what's 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 bringing us, you know, which customers are bringing us the most business and what products or services are, are behind that. And in, you know, not keeping those in silos, but bringing those together and looking at those maybe in a singular, singular dashboard, right? So you can see, oh, we, we discovered that call, call times were uh, extended, call weights were triple what they normally are. The abandon rate was 35%, one out of every three customers dropped off the call. And what's the reason they're calling in in the first place? Maybe they're calling in because they can't get what they need on an, on a less expensive channel, like Google, yeah. like you're online. So, so understanding how all three of those work together, part of the CX leader's role and responsibility is to tell the story of what's happening. We have, you know, an increase in call wait time and therefore, cust- and we're noticing also the customers, you know, are less satisfied, they're less likely to recommend, et cetera. And it's, it's some of our best customers. So there's revenue at risk here because of this. Now let's dive deeper into understanding what's causing all this. And there could be any number of things that are causing those, but that's, that's part of it as I think harmonizing the, the different data and viewing that as not mutually exclusive, but, you know, breaking down the silos so you can look at those together. Yeah, because I mean, it it takes and I've talked about this a bit with NPS and other what I would call lagging indicators. You know, I I'm a believer in, in using those. And I think there's value in using them. But it's also, I think one of the things you're touching on here is the the diagnosis of this stuff takes a lot of metrics. And it doesn't mean we measure everything because that would take all day every day to right. to analyze but we do need to mix leading indicators and measure that stuff uh, so we can kind of do the forensics on okay we had a huge dip or a huge spike in nps or ces or or something like that why right and then and then kind of answer that but i think it also you can do that from a customer experience perspective but you also need to do that with the the business KPIs as well. I mean, do you, would you say that the, the brands, the, like the category leaders, visionaries, whatever, you know, quadrant wave, you know, (laughs) format you want to talk in, are they, are they doing this better than the other, than the, the laggards here? Or is everybody still trying to figure this out? Well, I think, I think there is, I think generally speaking, the leaders are doing a better job of understanding what, you know, where the gaps are and what's causing the gap. And it's because they do have a systematic approach to it. It's, it's never by accident, right? They built in good listening systems where, you know, sometimes people just give up on getting B2B feedback. It's really hard. You can't use a simple uh, digital electronic survey and get accurate B2B data. You really need to for a whole variety of reasons. So, yeah, yeah. And, and if you're in the B2B space, you, you, you probably already know that, but developing ways to listen, 
even at the very least, if it's asking those employees who are closest to the customers, what they, what they're hearing, what they're thinking, what they're feeling from the customers that correlates to the, like you said, the operational KPIs, the other data that's raising a red flag for us, that's something, but it, it really, the, the, the winners, the leaders are, have this as systematic. It's, it's something they've built in as part of their core competencies. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, tools like journey mapping are great ways to get employee involvement, to get employee feedback across functions and to help them help you generate solutions. Before we continue, I'd like to make sure you're aware of the upcoming CXPS 2023 conference, May 8 through 11, 2023 in Durham, North Carolina. CXPS is a great CX event focused on professional services firms that want to know how to take the next steps to make their firm successful in integrating client experience with their firm's strategic initiatives. To learn more and register for the conference, go to clientexperience.org slash CXPS conference. That's clientexperience.org slash CXPS conference. And you can register with the code AGILE200, that's A-G-I-L-E-200, for $200 off your tickets. You can hear from top professional services executives and CX thought leaders like myself through a combination of keynotes, breakout sessions, workshops, and panel discussions. Make sure to register at clientexperience.org slash CXPS conference with the code AGILE200 for $200 off your tickets. Now let's get back to the show. We've been talking about this from the business perspective. Let's shift and, and talk about this from the customer perspective. And how does a brand know and understand where their biggest gaps are? I mean, we talked about this a little bit with measurement, but but still, you know, from a customer perspective, you know, how, how does a brand understand where their biggest gaps as well as what's going to be most appreciated by their customers? Because the two are not always the same, right? Yeah. Um, I think, I think it, it kind of does lead back to do, doing a great job of listening. Yeah. So when you get data, you're going to have a whole bunch of quantitative data that comes from, for example, experience. What, what is, what is the verbatims that go along with that? And I, I recently had Rob Markey on, on my podcast and he talked, he talked about the importance of understanding not just the score, but the reason for the score. Yeah. And that's, that's relative to net promoter. So if, if you are trying to get a, a diagnosis for what is, what is going on? Yes, it is understanding the, the reporting that comes back from your voice of the customer program. It's understanding the operational data. And, you know, there are some cases where you need to have an alert and uh, on, on things that are hot priority as you build out your client journey. And I know you talk a lot about journey map orchestration. The, the map is supposed to be like a living, breathing thing. It's not just a one-time, two-dimensional, hopefully it's not, and then it goes, right. collects <laughs> dust. But like where on that map do we need to put a, a beacon, an alert that can help signal something going wrong? And in some cases, we need to respond right away. So there's a close feedback loop that should be in place that we can respond to immediately. 
And so just being aware of what those those are, what those hot spots are, and also noticing the feed, the verbatims about customers, either either one, they're they're buying more of a certain type of product or they're clicking on a certain place on on your site expressing more interest or they're just saying in the in the in the either anecdotal or the verbatims that come electronically or in the focus groups however you're developing or you're gathering feedback they're saying this is what i need this is a you don't have enough of this or i love this keep doing more of it you know that's that's the kind of things that we need to dig down further and, and fully comprehend and design for. Yeah, yeah. And to compound the, the challenges, I guess, for the, the CX practitioners out there, you know, customer expectations are continually on the rise as well, right? I mean, you know, any reports, surveys, I... I see there's always, you know, there's, there's either a disruptor or some kind of category leader that continually is setting new standards. And then everybody, whether it's in the same industry or not, has those expectations. You know, the, an easy example is Amazon next day shipping and stuff. You know, now who, who wants to wait five days to get anything anymore, right? So do you think that this is just the way it's going to be and things are going to continue to, expectations continue to increase? Or how does this impact how brands have to continually kind of reset their delivery expectations and, and things like that? Well, I yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, there was a report that was conducted by the XM Institute that looked at companies oh, looked looked at consumer feedback for over oh, from 2018 to 2022, and and every industry dropped. And I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. So so yeah, you're having a drop in service levels, and there it's caused by sh- uh, staff shortages, supply shortages you know, supply chain issues, you've got quiet quitting, yeah. lack of employee engagement, all these things are causing it. And go back to the the culture of an organization, which is really what drives customer experience. The employee experience, the customer experience go hand in hand. And I think tapping into both of those is is going to be critical for for winners. But But also, you know, I do think that there's companies like Amazon, as you suggested, have raised the bar for what expectations could be. Like, what, why do I have to even call in for a problem? Right. You know, why am I calling yeah. in? And why can't they just get this right? Why do I have to work so hard on, on this online ordering process? The bar, is, the bar is being set. And in many cases, not all, but those, those companies within an industry that can deliver outstanding superior service and really are focusing on the customer have a chance to really get gain some distance from their peers right now so we've got all this negative stuff going on with rising interest rates and uh, people losing their jobs and quiet quitting and wars overseas but this could be a real opportune time for companies to double down on customer experience and in building it into the way they work and their culture and separating themselves from the competition. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. What does this, what does this mean then in terms of, of measurement? I mean, with rising expectations are, are the typical brands measurements 
correct or do they need to rethink in terms of measurement to kind of keep up with these things and i know you know there's there's a lot of variables here but you know just generally speaking like do we need to think differently about measurement as customer expectations increase i think i think we talk through some of this greg but just to pull on that thread is kind of a think about it more of as a dashboard getting all the data around the customer together in one place and making sure that making sure that you have systems to collect and gather those insights and then a place where you can look at it and then as CX practitioners and CX professionals be able to tell the story right what are yeah. executives are busy so what are the top 3 themes this quarter or this time frame that I can glean out of this data here's here's the quantitative data here's the qualitative data that supports it if you've got video to share customer testimonials or responses to support the data, all the more powerful. But I think I think we, we need to do that and we need to take advantage of things like AI and machine learning, which can help us get better data faster. But the wheel that is this framework that we talked about earlier with competencies that can help, you know, get get not only take these insights, which we can now get faster, but to understand which measures and metrics and measurements and, and to build in this leadership and accountability culture. Those are the things that we need to, to look at. And I would say, I would add one other thing to that, which I, which I alluded to earlier, and that is to understand what your best customers are, right? And that may be understanding what the customer lifetime value of a cust- your customers are and coming up with that. And then maybe looking at, you know, Peter, Dr. Peter Fader from Wharton talks about the customer base audit, which is looking at the top 10% and looking at them in these deciles and maybe the next 10%. And what does that contribute to your profitability, your bottom line? Understand what those customers want, your most valuable customers, and how are you going to create value for those customers? I think that's going to going to be a, a different way for companies to start thinking. The leaders will think that way, not just in terms of improving the experience across the ocean, but targeting their best customers. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so you you touched on this um, a couple times here as far as the the culture, the company culture aspect of things, and just um, I'm definitely a a big believer that employee experience and customer experience have a powerful connection. So we wanted to talk about that a little bit as well. So, you know, it's it's certainly not news for anybody in the CX profession that there is this strong connection, but um, have you seen an increase in urgency in connecting these two at the brands you work and talk with? I mean, you mentioned quiet quitting and great resignation and, and all these things. I mean, certainly customers feel all of that, but, you know, are you seeing that brands are really starting to, to, to get this and, and starting to, to do something about it. I, I think you're right. I think that the, all, all the reasons you mentioned are putting a spotlight on the employee experience more so than ever. And so you're seeing more activities uh, around that, more energy and emphasis around that. And you're 100% right that they are directly linked. Um, I know that I've seen, seen some people write recently that they, because companies like Amazon have had some employee-related issues and still perform well financially and still have high customer ratings, that they're not linked. I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm a non-believer of that. I think that they are, and ultimately over time, when you have employees who are not engaged, who are not willing to give discretionary effort, who are unhappy, there's no way that can't ultimately impact the customer experience. So, yeah. so yes, there, there, there's more of that. Unfortunately, it's come to this point where we, we've had this confluence of work shortages. We've had, you know, burned out employees. Part of that was the pandemic, but part of it was just uh, maybe the boiled frog. Um, and, and now uh, <laughs> right. the frog, the frog is, is, is getting heated up too much. And they recognize that without, you know, without employees, I mean, so there's layoffs happening, but there's still openings. It's, it's, we're in a weird time, yeah. you know, and it's finding the right employees. And now there's a competitive, you know, they're trying to compete for the, the best employees. And that's why the culture is so important. And, and for everyone, that's going to be a little different. Yeah, but I've, I've seen some companies kind of, I guess I would call it over rotate on fun and games and off, yeah. offering things like candy and popcorn and stuff. Not every employee wants that. So it's really understanding what your employees want and, and, and trying to help. And I would include the employees and collaborate with them to decide on how to design something that will keep them most engaged. Yeah, definitely, definitely agreed. And to kind of reiterate what you were saying as well, I mean, I think when CX is good without good employee experience, I think it's a very expensive because you're paying for turnover and, you know, you're, you're always onboarding new, newly disgruntled employees that are going to quit a few weeks or months later to do that. And I also, it's not sustainable, right? So I, I do think that the brands that are, they're kind of shoring up the gaps by just, you know, either hiring or automating or all of those things. I, I just can't see it lasting for the long term without them making some some fundamental shift. Like I often say with customer experience, I think everybody agrees on the premise of a good customer experience is a, a win for the for the brand, right? Like no, nobody's really going to argue with that. What they do in practice can vary vastly. I don't think anyone necessarily disagrees that employee a good employee experience translates to good CX. But what do you think is keeping people from investing in this further? In investing more in the employee experience. Yeah, yeah, and in that in that connection, you know making the connection clear and you know because i i guess the other the other part of this is i i think a key part of improving the employee experience and that gives people more value and purpose to their work is in actually tying their success and their roles to the customer mm-hmm. so you know what again it seems pretty obvious i know i say this all the time lots of people say this all the time but What's what's holding people? What's holding brands back from doing this when it's when it seems so obvious? I think what you're you're looking at in many of these cases is a tradition. A look at traditional financial metrics, and people, unfortunately, in this C-suite are often looking at a set of reports that that include income statements and balance sheets. And if they look okay, yeah, you, you know, if the net number of customers, if they even know what that number is is staying the same or revenues are staying the same or going up, they don't dig deeper into understanding the health of their customer base. And, um, and, and also, you know, now the health of their employee base, 
in understanding that there is a financial correlation between the health of the employee base to these other business outcomes. And until, you know, until HR departments are saying, Hey, we can't fill all these work tickets for jobs. We, we, I remember before I, I left the bank, we had two years consecutive running record number of job openings. Wow. I don't yeah. think we were alone. I think there were you know, just just a number of companies that are having trouble. I- industries where um, I spoke to someone yesterday in insurance, and this was true for commercial banking and maybe in your industry, is there are people graduating college now that are not attracted to certain industries. So yeah. that's not just a company thing. That's an industry. If you're part of an industry association, those are the conversations you should be having is, you know, how do we make these jobs more attractive to, to bring in the right people? Or if we can't get as many new people, how can we groom our own and develop, you know, a professional development program that can put the right people in place? But I, I think, yeah. I, I think it's a bit of tr- uh, the focus for years of leaders has been on traditional financial metrics. And Fred Reich, Reichel talks about this in his book, Winning on Purpose, about how much of a mask that can be to really what's going on beneath the surface with your customer base. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, Mark, uh, thanks so much for uh, joining the show. I've got one last question before we wrap up. So you're a, a fellow podcaster as well. So your, your podcast is called uh, delighted customers. Definitely recommend people check it out. Um, but I wanted to get a, just a couple thoughts on, cause you have a podcast. You're also, you also do consulting. So we share some, some similarities there and just wanted to see how has doing a podcast and so you talk with some phenomenal CX leaders on it. How has it shaped the way that you approach consulting work or maybe vice versa? And, you know, what, what have you learned from the process of, of doing the podcast? Well, th- thanks for asking the question. First, I'll say kudos to you for doing a great podcast. Oh, thank you. The Agile brand. And you, you do a professional job in quality of it, but also like in, p- most people may not know this, but the quantity of podcasts you turn out <laughs> is insane. Uh, I don't know how one person, I know you have people helping on the, on the editing and production side, but still it's a lot of work, folks. If you've never done this, uh, let me tell you to do it, even just to do it, but to do it well is a lot of work. So. Can, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. A- absolutely. Yeah. I'm a learner, so I love to learn. And one of the benefits of uh, of having people uh, like you, you'll be on my podcast, yeah. and and other luminaries in the CX space is that you know you get to hear cutting edge thought from thought leaders in the space who are willing to share, and you get it in a format that's you know real and discuss. It's a conversation. It's a discussion, and it's not just necessarily reading from a book in print. Um, so it makes it more, if you will, digestible to me and and to the audience as well. So lots of great, you know, and it's also very current, like you and I just talked about some very current topics, uh, current yeah. events. And so you get to do that as well. But to give context to our space in the customer experience profession by by this particular format, and I've learned so much by listening to these guests about you know, their thoughts and kind of seeming it all together and getting, getting to, uh, from a selfish standpoint, getting to ask the questions that I'm curious about. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And uh, yeah, I, I love, love learning. And I, you know, I, I learn something every time you and I talk as well. I really, really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. And so, yeah, again, I'd like to thank uh, Mark Slayton, CEO of Empowered CX and host of the Delighted Customers podcast for joining the show. You can learn more about Mark, Empowered CX and the Delighted Customers podcast by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.